Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hi, this is Mindy. Thanks for joining us today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Take a moment to share with the Lord where we're at, what we're thinking and feeling, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will do. Lord Jesus, stay with us from the beginning to the end of this day. Be our companion in the way, kindle our hearts and awaken hope that we may know you as you are revealed in scripture and the breaking of bread. Grant this for the sake of your love, amen. Lord, as I read your words in scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. Lord, I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Our section of scripture today is John 2, 12 through 3, 36. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons and the money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews said to him, What sign do you show us for doing these things? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking about the temple of his body. When therefore he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to them, because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. 
Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we've seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he's not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside, and he remained there with them and was baptizing. John also was baptizing at Anon near Salim, because water was plentiful there, and people were coming and being baptized, for John had not yet been put in prison. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. John answered, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. He who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. He bears witness to what he has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. Whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this, that God is true. For he whom God has sent utters the words of God, for he gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As I reflect on these scriptures, this is the section that jumps out to me the most. Verses 
It's uh, chapter 3, 16 through 21. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he's not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. As I'm talking to probably all saved and adopted sons and daughters through this podcast, I want to address how heavy this scripture can feel when we think of the friends and family and even strangers who surround us. The heavy, almost paralyzing burden as you consider their eternity in hell and what part you might have to play in that not happening. Wouldn't it be great if we could go to a class on how to communicate the gospel most effectively and then with that script in hand, see every person who crosses your path be born again? Yeah, but for it to be that simple is not God's way, and he's created it all so that we would need to exercise our spiritual muscles and really need him. I want to encourage us with the book we've been reading for our equip group, Jesus Continued by J.D. Greer. This has been such a fantastic read. Thank you for choosing it for us. Shout out to Josh Op, And I implore you to read it, even if you're not in the equip um, groups this session. I'm just going to read a few quotes by JD. He says, We patiently plant the seeds of God's word in the hearts of those around us, water them with our tears, and fertilize them with our faith. Disciple making can be laborious, painstaking work. Some of the greatest missionaries in history labored faithfully for years with almost nothing to show for it. In another place he says, And so we throw ourselves upon the mercy of God. It is not so much an organized prayer emphasis as it is an act of desperation. And then, and only then, does the power of the Holy Spirit come flooding upon us and into us. And he does in a moment what incremental organization can hardly accomplish in half a century. He also says, intercessory faith means believing in the willingness of God to save on behalf of someone else. Intercessory faith perceives God's willingness to pour out his power into a situation and then asks him to do it. And the last quote is, our most important assignment, I believe, is to believe God overflows with all the compassion and power necessary to save, and he can do more in a few moments than we can accomplish in 10,000 lifetimes. So as we labor, we ask, we keep our hands to the plow, but always looking to heaven with the hope that he will send down the power of the Holy Spirit as he promised. So in other words, we're empowered to have intercessory faith for people around us, We're equipped by the Holy Spirit to wait in patience and to work in diligence with ever-freshening energy and strength. God honors intercessory faith the size of a mustard seed. Just ask him. Ask and ask and don't stop asking. Keep trusting. Who do you need to be asking for?
Let's ask God to save the person that's on your heart right now. Jesus, thank you for enduring the most painful silence and loneliness, the most excruciating physical and emotional pain by dying for us on the cross. It's because you took all of our sin that we get to live abundant lives with our Father. We want this same never alone love, assurance, comfort, joy, and abundance for the people we love. Help us to ask and keep asking. Help us to keep trusting you and your timing. Our person is dear to us, but not so dear as he or she is to you. Thank you for your beautiful willingness to save our person. We ask that you save him or her in the name of Jesus and for his glory. Give us the burning desire to commune with you so that we can better communicate your gospel to the ones we love, both in words and in the actions of our lives. Amen. Through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.